this room is now dumb for having listened to it. It's the podcast. The Lush and Ketchup podcast. <laughs> and we're here to celebrate Collingwood losing. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Ketchup podcast. Lunchtime Ketchup podcast is two blokes who've known each other forever and a day who catch up most days uh, in the Melbourne CBD for lunch. Um, to talk about everything Essendon Football Club. With me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, we've just literally just watched the grand final. It's Saturday, 5.44, exactly. Uh, <laughs> to be good to be. Great grand final. Uh, I, I think we all thought after 30-2 and two it was going to be a, a bit of a... A, a walkover. Blood, a bloodbath, but... That, that's some serious resilience by Eagles to be mentally turn that around. And to be quite frank, neither of us care if the West Coast Eagles won. <laughs> except it's just, we don't like Collingwood winning. Collingwood lost, and that's all I am I'm extremely <laughs> happy about. Go Eagles! Go Eagles! <laughs> They're on fifteen grand finals still. Collingwood, sorry, absolutely. Bella Collywobbles, and just just that look, just the Eddie Maguire look at the end. Well, I think it was twenty two seconds to go in the camera, and he went knew they lost, yeah. and he knew they'd lost. Oh, it does a boy's heart good. It truly does. Now, it's a bit of a... If you watch that, that last goal, a little bit controversial because uh, I thought there was a it was a poor free kick, but I'll just say that. Because oh. he, he played on, but... Uh, he well, did play on. Like, he took it, absolutely took a step. <laughs> Some might say it makes it even sweeter that <laughs> it's a mistumpering goal. <laughs> the only sweeter thing could have been if it was like a, a kick after the siren. One point after the siren. How relieved is Jack Darling right oh. now? Man, oh, how, how do you miss that mark? That is just sheer nerves, isn't it? Just, oh, Lordy, that was just that's just sheer nerves. He knew yeah, he was open. That's your hand shaking. That's it. Like that's almost the whole thing about Herschel Gibbs dropping the World Cup. That was Jack Darling nearly <laughs> lost a Premiership. It had that sense as soon as he dropped it. Oh no, they're going to go oh, the other end. Oh here. no, no, no. Yeah. But yeah, you, he knew he was alone. He knew it was it was just the, to seal the game, and he had that thing spent before he he, he caught it. But uh, I mean, finally we got we got a good grand final. Yeah, and, I must uh, admit that was a great game. That last half, um, I mean, Jack Darling saying that in the second half, in that his third quarter, man, he lifted that team all over the shop. Him so, and um, him and the big Yank too. Even he started to take yeah, some marks. He represented pretty well, didn't he? He did, and it was just a really good game. Like it was yeah, a tough. I'd, all, all things aside, I mean, I I love Collingwood. We love the game of footy, but yeah, yeah. more than I can possibly say. But um, the game of footy was real hard. It was yeah. hard. It was backwards. It was forwards. Collingwood's in front, and then like the West Coast Eagles came yeah. back in a big way. And all credit to them. I mean, they they're not known for like sort of being coaching like a Clarks and the Eagles, but they've shut out. Penderbury and Sidebottom in that game brilliantly, and yeah. they've, they've really coached well. They've they put Vardy down full forward, which which um, which had to change a defensive setup, and they couldn't run off. And then brought Darling into the game. Yep. They coached really well as the game was going. And Dugowie, uh, like Dugowie, I thought was going to be one of the differences for the entire game. Yeah. I thought him down forward, he looked got a touch of the dusties about him. That guy, yeah. and McGovern's a serious player, and he's a very serious yeah. player. Like, is yeah. he officially gone? Isn't he? Like, he's nominated. Uh, no, I don't think he is. It's his brother in in the Crows, McGovern. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Way to go, Grant. <laughs> That's all <laughs> nice. right. Yeah. Hey, so look. Exciting stuff, as you can see on the title, title of the podcast on Friday morning at about 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Monday morning, uh, Friday morning. We had the chance and opportunity um, to get some time in with Robert Shaw, and we had a fantastic 30-minute 30, 30 chat with him. Yeah, he's, that's one of the, I mean, we, we love this interview. It's one of the best we've ever done, and just because of the, I mean, it, a massive amount of it goes through to the caliber of the bloke that we interviewed. Yep. And like just the way he engaged with us and 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 gave us insights and um, the length yeah. of time he spoke to us was incredible. So this is a really cool interview. And look, we wanted to make a focus on our interviews now um, to sort of lessen the length of our questions. So yeah. we basically just re- let Robert talk. So it's only only four or five questions in the whole yes, thing, that's but the it thing. went for half an hour. But uh, it was. I mean, people who know him or, or read, he he is just a great mind for the game, a great great mind for the for game, the game yeah. great passion for the game, and you really could just talk to him for hours and hours. But uh, it was just fantastic um, to have that much time with him, and so we can't thank him enough. A massive thank you to Robert. He also uh, uh, piled into us a little bit about him not having been on the show before now, <laughs> which he, he said he put Mark Harvey on before him. 
Dear Robert, if you're listening to this, mate, you are welcome at any time, at any stage, back onto this podcast, um, anytime you like. Yeah. So, look, we're going to go to the interview now, but just a heads up, a lot of people have asked about trade talk. So, after the interview, me and Grant are going to go through, say, the top seven names that have been mentioned as... We've already signed them, haven't we? As as Robert Shaw said in the the interview, he goes, I think we've signed about 15 blokes already, haven't we? (laughs) I know, yeah. We'll we'll probably have a chat to you about the more realistic options. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go through one by one, just have a discussion. Look, Robert Shaw, I think, has a view that he just wants to see what happens after the effect. So we, we kind of gauged early that really he wasn't going to talk about what possible yeah. trades or anything. Yeah. He wanted to talk about the Essendon youngsters and where we are going to move forward. So it was a brilliant chat. Look, we'll get it straight into it. So hope you enjoy. Yep. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. We have a very special guest in Robert Shaw. Rob, how are you? G'day, uh, Scott. G'day, Grant. How are you? Nice to speak to you. Mate, really great to speak to you too, Robert. Well, I've waited in line a fair bit. You've had all these other blokes on. And, uh, oh, mate, if we if we knew we could get I you... Even, I don't even get a run during the season. Oh, that's okay. harsh. You're making us feel real bad now, Robert. You're an Essendon man in the past, so we're, we're feeling real bad you now. Put Harvey, you put Harvey on before me. Oh, oh goodness. Mate. Come on, man. I had halves on my back on the duffel coat. Yeah, I, had, right. I had to put him on okay. first. Well, it's such a popular podcast. I uh, A lot of people are lining up for this. Oh, mate. <laughs> we, we honest to goodness wish they were, Robert. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, we've, we've, we have had some great guests, but look, this is one I've been really wanting to get. Uh, uh, obviously, I read read your uh, blogs on um, Shuri Analyst at WordPress.com. Yeah. Uh, and I love the way you analyze the game. And it was interesting, even Herdy on his podcast talking about that he thought at his time that you were the best sort of game analyst and strategic person that he felt he, he'd come across, which is a, a fair compliment. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I uh, caught up with him the other week at, at, at his podcast, uh, Grand Final Eve. So, no, that's lovely. And, um, yeah, that's a real passion of mine. Um, I write because I like writing, but yeah. also um, I, I like watching football. I watch a lot of football. And um, so it's always been a passion of mine and, and something I did at Essendon for a long time and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. So, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have sort of access to the stats and the information that you do if you're in club, but certainly um, it takes a fair bit of work, and uh, I enjoy doing it. Look, I want to just talk about a quote that I saw on your blog. Uh, I'll just read it out to so you <laughs> you can have the context. But I just wanted to see if you could talk around it. You you mentioned that while there are definite positivism season highlights, talking about Essendon in 2018. Essendon sitting in the grandstand watching September action with that list is difficult to comprehend. Essendon needs a tough internal review because in 2018, West Coast, Melbourne, Hawthorne, Collingwood and North all passed Essendon in this year's ladder. The club should not be content. Setting unconditional standards is a start. A harder, tougher and more ruthless edge across the whole club would not go astray. Is that, is that the emphasis for how you see the off-season going? Well, I just thought that uh, if you did a poll between the Essendon supporters, that'd uh, that'd probably come back exactly the same. There was, um, I think, it's a, a very very interesting season because if you if we just take um, individual players in isolation and just just a few, um, you know, let's start with the big bloke. He took another step. Bell Chambers, yep. um, Fantasia had a better year apart from uh, injury. McKenna came on. We saw the improvement in Langford. Meyer stabilised as a strong midfield. Um, uh, the improvement of McKernan. There were so many, um, you know, uh, Sard, uh, Stringer, to a certain extent Stringer, and certainly Smith made significant impact. The move of Bagley was a winner. Yep. <clears throat> so, sorry about that. But so, in- individually, it was a very, very positive season. Um um, and I know you're going to ask me about how you attack pre-season. I, I don't know. Look, 
I'm like you blokes. I stand at the outer Tullamarine and watch training, so I'm not sure what happened in the pre-season, but certainly to go into that first game, and although JLT games are not the be-all and end-all, I, I, I just came up in a system with Sheeds where, you know, when we lost 99, we set our target for our very first practice game and our very first um, whatever it was in those days, the ANSET Cup, because it can set, it does set a, a, a significant standard for the year ahead. And uh, I think, we, where'd we go? Wangaratta again and get blown out of the water by 93 points or something against a, 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 a Richmond yeah. team. And it was just symptomatic of um, our first six, seven, eight games. That um, So it's going to be very, very important. Um, yes, it is a bit of pill to swallow. Um, and um, I don't like the word... I've seen the word waste. It's It's... There's never a year that is a waste, so I agree with that terminology. Um, underachieving, well, I'd kind of I, agree with that one, Robert. Underachieving, I, I'd, I'd I kind think of agree. That's, uh, it's um, look, this team um, is better than eleventh. Uh, yeah. Where did I have it? I've had it uh, fifth. I had Essendon fifth to seventh, so I didn't have them being well beaters. I didn't have them. I thought I they would get to the second week of the finals and just my own personal goal was that um, get to the second week of the finals and be one game away from a preliminary final because as you know preliminary finals are where it really really started so I would have been um, satisfied with a two game and a one win but if you have a look at the sides that have made it it just that's what I mean you look at who got there and you analyse them, and it's been quite an extraordinary performance by the two sides that are playing um, um, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. You know? um, West Coast Eagles, I, I, I'll put my hand up. I had them in the in the bottom six. I had Collingwood falling into the eight if everything went right. Mm-hmm. But nothing went right for that team. They lost their fullback, their centre back. They lost Reed and Moore. Yeah. Who else they were? Trelaw, Elliot, Goldsack, even, yep. even Wells, although he's 34. He's still one of the most important impact players coming off the bench. So when you look at those two teams, it just does bite you a fair bit that um, the side and the list that we've assembled and the improvement um, isn't didn't have an opportunity to match them in the first couple of weeks of the finals. So that's, that's how I see it, and yep. I would doubt the... Um, there'd be many, many Essendon supporters that wouldn't share that view. And I honestly believe that that would be shared by um, the internal people at Essendon. And when I said um, an extensive and thorough review, that is par for the course. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, um, maybe absolutely necessary because you look at, um, you look at, let's say you look at the Western Bulldogs post Brendan McCartney, Huge review, new coaching, new philosophy. You look at our old premiership player, Damien Hardwick, huge review at the Richmond Football Club. And Collingwood did it just recently? And Collingwood. So the last three premiership teams, um, and the only team that's bucked that that system over the last three years, of course, have been Hawthorne, who won the three in a row, and they've they've been noted for their stability. So there tends to be, there seems to be a, 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 a review um, certainly, I'm a pro Worsfold to stay coaching. Yep. But there's so many areas that make up the support for a coach, and I'm not I'm not aiming at assistant coaches, but so many areas from from as you mentioned, you know, your opposition analysis is that up to scratch? Is your is your fitness up to scratch? Is it all at, at the top of their game? Are they all matching the other clubs? Um, that gives you know. Then you look at your assistant coaches. You look at your your football management area, and we've got a new uh, football man. So it it's not, and I think clubs are waking up. You just don't target your coach anymore because there's so many variables that go to make up. And and you just look at the last three premiership teams have been. Um, oh well, if Collingwood get up, um, they've all been um, part of. Uh, extensive reviews and I, I would believe that Xavier would, would lead that and yeah. I, I think there would be some very strong uh, do I believe? No I hope 
I really hope there's been some very strong uh, discussions, open discussions. Yep. I'm pretty um, sure there would have been uh, sort of halfway through those those nine games <laughs> as well. Well, yeah, the, the reviews, there are rolling reviews, like there's weekly reviews, then there's, you know, there's formal reviews, and generally when you have your buy, you you lock yourself away for a day or so and, and go through where you are, and it looks like um, Essendon followed that trend when they got to, what was it, eight or nine, uh, they made some structural changes to their coaching. They certainly focused on a different style of, of play from this... Uh, fast break, um, transition game, uh, sweat on opposition mistakes and burn them on the, on, on the pace to a far more contested, accountable, very well-organised defensive structure. And if, if, you, if you want to do a little bit, bit of exercise, go, part, go and look at the goals kicked against Essendon pre-round eight and then post-round eight. It's quite extraordinary how Essendon's team focus... Um, and priorities went from a little bit of laissez-faire, you know, high risk, you know, that sort of game to a more structured finals mm-hmm. type game. But unfortunately yeah, for, yeah. for you and I, um, we're going fishing today, mate. We're not watching <laughs> Exactly. Now, that might, might lead no, us... That's, that's how I see it. That's how I see it. And, um, yeah. That might lead us into the next question. I mean, um, what does it say to you as a, as a former coach that um, Essendon knock on wood, had a, had a mild injury toll for 2018, um, yet we played 39 different players. Um, yeah. Do you think Woosh is still experimenting with what is our best 22? Does he understand what it, the best 22 looks like? Gee, that's, that's an outstanding question. Um, um, I think, um, yes, we were in the mid-range of, um, of injuries. Um We've spoken about Collingwood's injuries. I'm not sure where West Coast uh, West Coast were, but experimenting. Um, I'm not sure. Opportunity certainly. I think our and you know you and I and everyone, every Essendon man and their dog have discussed the Francis situation. So hopefully those seven games you've got will project him. But I think things changed a little bit after the Carlton game. Not so much because we lost to Carlton, but there was a reaction based on youth. You know, I think everyone was delighted that Redmond and Ridley and Clark um, got a look in. Yeah. And, apart yeah. From, yeah. and apart from injury, um, it, it gave an, uh, and we started to have wins and there was a risk at the selection table, which was great. Mm. Um, and um, uh, I, I just think that the injuries meant that people got opportunity, which was great. And uh, I, I just, you know, I just think that um, we will be a very good side if Francis, Ridley, Redmond, who else? I'll just use those three, are in the starting 22 in round one next year because that means the club has really progressed over the pre-season. Geez, I'm, I'm pleased same, to hear you say Redmond. That's, uh, I, I like we, we rate I like him Ridley, in a big way. I like them. I like them a lot. And I think this will be a real indication of our positivity over the pre-season. If those boys can force their way into the side, force some other players out, because um, I think the three of them have the potential to be uh, SM Premiership players, given a good run with injury, which they didn't have, yeah. and um, given opportunity and role. And when I say that, yeah. you know, all 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 of us have de- debate, debated the um, the Langford issue, haven't we? I, and I'm, I'm not going to be Harry Hindsight and say I told you or so, but he's a classic case of of a kid that needed um, uh, belief, a kid that needed opportunity, and the third thing he needed, and this is about development of young players, they need a role. Yeah, it's already all, all you know. And Francis came in and he had a role. And whether you whether you agree with Wush or not about when there's a role there for him or a place will play him, and so there's that debate. But there's also the other debate. If he's good enough, just put him in and find a role for him. But I was so pleased with Langford. Put him in. He became a inside mid. He did some tagging roles and he could go forward. So he found a role. He plays well and he feels good about himself. So you find a player. Yeah, exactly. And like we'll be, we'll be inundated in the next month or whatever it is. Next, how often it goes for with 
you know, I'm getting a bit sick of it. I think it's time to retire from Twitter when we see. I, I think have we recruited 15 players already? Yes, we have. Yeah, absolutely, we have. <laughs> I think we've got everyone coming to us. Yeah, mate, Jack Martin. We've got Dylan Shield. We've got everybody yes. coming. Yeah, yeah, we've got everyone coming. Well, and we've got 25 um, first round draft picks to make all that happen. Yes, we've got. Yes, we'll give away. Yeah, that's a great thing. We'll give away our, our twenty-five draft picks for those players, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get them all into that. No, let's let's be sensible. Yeah. If we get one of those, and it's a hand-picked player, yeah, um, and um, that'd be good. I, I look. Uh, I'm off but, the. Yeah. Let me just say this first. We've mentioned three names, France. Your key is not what you get in through that because, you know, everyone was jumping up and down about Stringer, oh, all Australian, Smith and, and Saad. Oh, look, look, we've, look, we've, we've still finished 11th, mate. So it, it's about yeah. what you develop. It's the old theme about the, the, the Sydney Crims, you know, catch and kill your own. Develop your own. You've got you, – everyone's looking for – what are we looking for? Big inside mids. Well, develop Laverde, develop Langford. They're 190 yeah. centimetre, 90 kilo kids. Yeah. Go with them first before you you invest in someone that um, you hope will do the job. I, I just think and the key to us next year is our um, development of our players. I think there's a, a view, um, my view is too that the reason that I, I actually put out a little post and saying that I only really wanted one player at maximum coming in because I wanted the side to settle into their positions and, and, and not have the three or four big players coming in. It, it, I think we've actually got a generally decent list. And uh, I mean, I even I think about your boy coming through Brighton Grammar, McGrath, yeah. and, and, and Parrish. Like, to me, Parrish... Yes. Parrish the last five rounds seems to have, yes. have finally got it. And, and just, Great point. Great and, point. And, and, and they're there. Yeah, and they're there. And, and McGrath, how do you see McGrath's development so far? This still feels like there's a lot of room to take, yeah, I, take I on the game. The, uh, look, I, I, I've known him and I, I think, look, I know why they did it. I just thought at, in his second year, he's probably thrust into the midfield too early. I would have liked to see him with another development year at um, at uh, half-back, back pocket. Yep. Um, but that's that's fine. And he, he played some terrific footy, so he'll continue to be that half-back wing midfielder, I hope, next year. Um, he can... I haven't seen a lot of it. He's kicked a couple of goals that sort of everyone said, oh, gee, that was a good goal. So he can go forward. So I just think what's he going into his third year? Um, what's he played uh, 40, 35 games? Yeah. Hasn't got to 50 games yet. So he's still um, he's still very much finding his feet and he's still another year away from what we know and what he can be. But no, I like that. Um, targeting your specific player our list is good. Our list is a top six list, and that's the bottom line for me. And how far they go from six upwards will depend on internal development. I I just can't impress on the people that are listening how, you know, we'll get hammered about trades, and we've traded this bloke. Do not forget about your players that you've got. It's your key to your yeah. coaching and your learning. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now. Turn them in turn them in to 200 game players. So I guess this, this sort of might lead into the, this next question is that during your time as coach, um, was development on star youngsters like the, um, the Langfords and the Parishes and the McGraths. Um, do you believe it's, it's better to do that via senior games or via um, VFL games? Cause I mean, if we look at Langford, Langford was in, he was out, he was in, he was out. Yeah. He, he racked up, Every possession in the world in the VFL did brilliantly well. Is would would Wusha be sitting there saying, "Look, the time he spent in the VFL dominating has now resulted in a better AFL footballer," or should he be learning in the yep. AFL? Yep. No, it's it's a, a fantastic debate, and there's no right or wrong answer. Um, that's that's how John in his system over. You know, working under Malthouse as his captain and then coaching the West Coast for, what, 14 years or something like that? Yeah. Yep. Whereas as our system that myself and Harms and, uh, have been brought up in is 
Kevin's philosophy. Shooter's philosophy was um, um, identify your next 100-game player and play them. In the ones. You with me? So he would say, for example, he would... Um, look, I didn't know... I don't know Francis's fitness, but Kevin would have put him in earlier than John and left him in there to... So that at the end of the year, Sheeds would be able to say, okay, we finished 10th or 11th, but I got 16 or 17 games into Francis. Yeah. Yep. He did that. He identified, um, you know, we're going, well, no, we're not going back that far. We're in the 2000s. His ability to identify and play uh, Solomon Ramanaskis McVeigh at 18 and put them in and from that moment rarely drop them is an indication of that. But but on the other hand, I don't disagree with the philosophy of the Langford one. Sit him down and say, right, at, you've been, I won't say failure, okay, mate, it hasn't worked at half forward, right? Yep. We don't think you're a backman, <clears throat> but you've got the attributes that we feel can assist us in the midfield. So what I'd like you to do is to spend uh, July, um, um, May and June, regardless of your form, we're going to put six midfield games into you. Yeah. And when we feel that you have the uh, the confidence and we've got a role for you, we're going to bring you in and leave you in. And, and so to me, uh, both arguments are correct and I haven't got fault with anyone. It's just that I've been brought under up under sheets for 20 years and once you know you've got a 100-game player and a special player, you'll find a spot for him. Yep. No, definitely. Uh, look, can I ask just about uh, that first sort of six to eight games? Uh, yeah. The, the one thing we were talking about on the podcast was the overall structure and probably the forward structure uh, mainly. And, and I don't think Essendon kind of politely said that Stuart was probably breaking those structures by going up the ground a bit too high. Yeah. Uh, so they put in McKernan. Uh, it was a very interesting move because McKernan likes to sit in the forward 50, and but it actually changed our structure quite a bit where there was a guy who could at least bring the ball to the ground. Uh, I'm interested what your thoughts in now that Danaha's free. How, how would you go about that kind of structure next year? Uh, it's a very good point. I think the whole system changed when the philosophy changed. Essendon at that stage, about round eight, were the um, uh, definitely in the bottom three and may have been in the... I remember writing an article and producing the stats. Um, I got the stats off a mate of mine at Champion, Champion Data and uh, Essendon were in the bottom two or three for forward line change, which means second, third or fourth opportunities to score. And if you remember back how easy we were to score against on the rebound and people would say that our back, our midfield don't defend or can't defend, um, quite clearly our midfield and our back line were not given the opportunity and the time to set up and restructure once the ball went in our forward line because generally it went in and it came out yeah. very, very quickly. Yep. Um, our big men are very good players, but... Uh, because of physical limitations, maybe even pace, uh, and versus, they're not the greatest tacklers. Yeah. When we became a great tackling forward line and we put great value on keeping the ball in... And Mark Bagley. The Western Bulldogs. Have a look at Richmond and have a look at Collingwood. The die has the been cast about how you win finals. The ball must stay in there. Richmond hacked the ball in there. They got in there... They played Butler, Costanza, Edwards, Young Rioli, and they played one key forward. So what happened? When the ball went into Jack Rewell and he didn't mark the ball, they gave themselves three or four opportunities through their unbelievable pressure game and their capacity to hunt the football. And it allowed the midfielders to set up and it allowed the back line to set up. So their scores against in transition, quick rebound, um, were as good as seen in the AFL. Yeah. As soon as Essendon got that, 
So I don't care what your forward line structure is, and obviously Joel come in. McKernan was a, a, a tremendous um, tick for his confidence, and the role he played basically won out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stewart was encouraging but dropped off. Um, Stringer is is a good forward because he's a hard matchup, and then you have a number of the uh, Bagley. Look, I think it changed when Bagley went up there. So do I, actually, that yeah. Me, that, to me, was recognition. We've got to put a back pocket up there because he's a natural hunter yeah. of opposition and the ball. Yep. And if it gets near Mark, it's going to stay there. Yeah. And it's a message they to get, the other players as well. <laughs> well, exactly. I, I think if you think about if you're playing the centre and you're, you're pushing forward, the ball goes into your forward line, and it doesn't stay there, all you're doing is turning around and chasing back. So the the criticism aimed at the mid Essendon midfield for poor defensive transition, poor manning up, is totally out of line. Yeah. yeah. It, it was totally what happened when Essendon's when the footy went in Essendon's forward line. Um we were efficient if we got it and we were woeful in transition if the opposition went they just sliced us open. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. People were saying, <clears throat> it shouldn't happen. Look at our back line. We've got Hurley. We've got McGrath. We've got these blokes. It's a great back line. Why is it? Because you can't defend quick transition. It's no. impossible. Nobody yeah. can. You need yeah. time. You need time. Yeah. Yeah. And the sides that are playing tomorrow and have won premierships and go back to Hawthorne have always bought their back line and their midfielders time well said Essendon haven't haven't. now we uh we could talk for you for the next sort of two or three hours Robert but we know Um, I hope not oh really (laughs) oh just come on we would we would love to no I'm quite happy to uh, spend my Friday uh, mowing a few lawns going fishing and uh, going to the supermarket but no look you actually could I, I could um yeah, people that know me would know I'm pretty keen on talking footy. Beautiful. Now, we've got one more quick question for you, and then we'll let you go. Look, I, I can't... That's a surprise. That's a surprise. <laughs> I, I have to ask, because I, I love your historical... Uh, when you're yes. with, with with Essendon and your involvement there. Can I yes. ask... Often people ask Sheeds and yourself, you know, who was the best player you coached and everything like that. Can I ask, who was the, the players you loved to coach that may not be obvious names? What, in the Essendon side? Yeah, in yeah. the Essendon sides, I guess. <clears throat> um, oh, wow. Um, I, I was lucky, you know. Um, we had some good sides. We could have, um, we should have got two out of those three, quite possibly. That's fair. We didn't. But um, I'm still very, very close with those young players that came in there. I still talk regularly to Mark McVeigh. I talk regularly to Ramanaskis. I talk um, quite regularly to Dean Solomon. Yeah. So these blokes, uh, Gary Moore, these blokes that we brought in as young players and developed and mentored them, um, um, they were uh, Dean Wright, Dean Rioli is an obvious favourite of mine because uh, we have history together and like he went home and. Myself and Longy went and got him. So, um, and then when you when you are in a premiership or or do have final success, there is that um, unbreakable sort of bond. And it's true. People say you've got a bond for life. You do, and you've got a yeah. friendship for life. So, my my favourite players were emerging and developing players, and I guess that's why I like my teaching role. I, I like coaching young young footballers, and I like developing young footballers because. Um, that's my two passions are my opposition analysis and my young player development. And yep. I would be back at Essendon or any club tomorrow if some someone rang up the phone and said, um, we've got those type of jobs available. I wouldn't be interested in assistant coaching and at that level and coaches' boxes and all that sort of thing. But you give me... Uh, my two great passions in the game, and um, I would like, love to have another crack at AFL football. Yeah, in the background. <laughs> I think you'd be a pretty good coach too. I <laughs> uh, uh, look. Uh, it was actually interesting hearing Hurdy, by the way, um, on the yep. podcast mentioned that he actually regrets playing 2001 Grand Final now. Um, if, yeah, and it, probably the decision he would have 
he would have almost thinking back now would have loved to have been taken out of his hands yeah we um yeah that was a um our timing was wrong we uh, i can't remember uh, was it blumfield or heffernan there were three or four carrying significant injuries and our plan in that game um because brisbane were playing their per- look go go over the brisbane side and see how good they were mate anyway so yeah exactly. our plan was to get off to a good start and to get ahead and hopefully in inverted commas um be able to hang on when our injury and sore spots kicked in we actually got to 20 points up in that game yeah exactly it was a tremendous effort i thought and as a coaching group we're walking off the ground and we're discussing and we're going it's it's not enough it's have we got enough here and we discussed you know we it's too early we can't hold on we can't put numbers behind the ball um, they're too good, and we can't release the players on their midfield. And so, I, I think if we got to 26 or 32, one or two more goals, um, we could have. And obviously, towards the end of the third quarter, they kicked in and Voss took over. I know mean, some amazing players. Don't forget. So, no, it was a. Yeah. We just and, and Heard was tagged um, by. Um, methodically by Brad Scott, Brad Scott and yeah. uh, because he had a, a torn groin he couldn't push off so there was no explosiveness about yeah. Heard and um, yeah so we're a bit unlucky in in that one look uh, I won't keep you any longer thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast uh, have an awesome weekend I don't know if you're watching the grand final but have an awesome weekend uh I'll find a spot. It's Collingwood West Coast, isn't it? I think, yeah, yeah I think that was. Yes. I think I'll, it is. I'll find a beach in <laughs> southwest, southwest uh, Victoria. Beautiful. Um, that hasn't got wireless network, um, cable TV, <laughs> um, phone access, and I'll sit on a beach and go fishing for three days, and hopefully, beautiful. Um, this this weekend disappears. Sounds Great. perfect. <laughs> Great to speak to you, boys. Thank Great. you we, so we much. Really appreciate your time, Robert. Um, and again, uh, Shory Analyst at WordPress.com is where you can find Robert. Thanks very much for your time. See you later. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Rob. Great interview there, Scotty. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the kind of person you want interviewing every week. I think so. We would absolutely love it. I mean, all of our guests have been incredible and they've given us heaps of their time mm. and we've absolutely appreciated all of it. But that one was, was really good. We, we, we both enjoyed talking to Robert a hell of a lot. Yeah. And it's important to remember with a guy like Robert, when he was assistant coach in the, in the, like the 99, 2000, 2001 years, yeah. he know what he knows how to build a good list, what a good list looks like. So for him to mention how good our list is yeah. and, and you felt like he only just wanted sort of one person to come in via trade. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, I was... and he really backed our list. He, he talked about Francis and Ridley and Parrish, yeah, I mean, McGrath. He mentioned Langford and Laverde. He said he wanted to see them grow into the midfield. We've yeah, got those have kids. some big bodies. Yeah, we got the, the, what he said, they're 6'4 and 100-odd kilos or someone close enough too. They should be in the midfield. So look, very interesting. I'm a, I'm a bit the same. I posted on my Facebook group site that I'm happy for just one big player to come in. Like Dylan Shield or or someone of that stature came in. I just think mm. we're set. I, I and look if we get two or three players, so oh, be it. I'm not going to complain. Oh my dad's they'll, they'll build a statue. To I do actually believe strongly in our list. Uh, I still feel like they're quite young. So with with Goddard leaving, the age group is actually. Going down and down and with, down. With Goddard leaving, I mean, not that we wanted him to, but with Goddard leading and then bringing in Francis, who's how old? What, 23? 21. 21 or something like that. With mm. Todd Ridley um, probably going to get a yeah. game. He's 20-odd. So, mate, I, I, I think there is a lot of improvement to go with the club. And, and I think yeah. Robert thinks that we've got the list to do it. Yeah. My, look, my my view is, and I get the sense it's Rob the same, is it, it's a club now that just needs to settle. Like, just actually start playing yep. year on year, yeah. the same kind of group coming through get to know each other and when that kind of all those little small things like all their instincts and they just know where everyone moves and then you get to that richmond kind of status yeah, of where they understand each other and yeah. everything flows on really well they and everyone knows their role 
and it, and then it becomes a more powerful team. Yeah, little things like you've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, like just to get him to know Sadi, that when Sadi gets the ball on the back line, he's going to put his head down for 30 metres. <laughs> yep. It'll be done in four seconds, those 30 metres, right? Yeah. But he's going to have his head down. So the forwards have got to understand. Think, yeah. Just give him give him four seconds before you lead, <laughs> and then his head will be up and he'll kick it to you. So right? a small thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. those are all the little, the little idiosyncrasies about <laughs> And McKenna might kick it to himself and run. Uh, and might kick it to himself. <laughs> Yeah, all those little things. Oh, yeah, all the little uh, intricate things that make up a team and getting to understand each other. Yeah. So, look, after the break, we're going to go to a break. We're going to, we always said we're going to talk some trades. So, yep. we'll, we'll look, we'll mention about seven players that uh, are in the, the trade talk. We'll go one by one, see what we think. We may differ on. On opinions, well, so we haven't even discussed it ourselves. That'll no, be we haven't. Important, um, important one for me that I want to include into this um, trade. You're going to mention Steinberg, aren't you? Is I want to know how far away we're from from signing Ariel Steinberg. I think, I think he could be. I think he could be a massive impact player for us. I think it was a massive. Everybody knows me knows this that it was a massive mistake to get rid of him. And I think if we tried hard, we could get him back. So I'd, I'd like your opinion on that when we come back. We're going to the break, and if you hear some fighting in the background, you know why. It's come on. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, we're going to be uh, talking trades. All of the hundred-odd players that have already been signed to Essendon, (laughs) if you believe the the papers at the moment. But there are a number of really important players that are available, the kind of players that you don't get every year um, available for uh, for trades. So what I thought we'd do is a bit of a start. Scotty and I have sort of chatted about trades like everybody has, I assume, and We've all heard that everybody's coming to Essendon, everybody's going to North Melbourne, everybody's at Collingwood and, and all of these things, right? So what I thought we would do is that we've identified sort of Dylan Shield, Tom Scully, Will Settlerfield, Andrew Gaff, Stephen May, Jack Martin um, as one of the, as the as a group of the most sort of talked, in, about. talked about names at the moment, right? And what I thought Scotty and I would do is we'll just, at the same time, we will name the most important player that we think out of that list... Shield, Scully, Settlerfield, Gaff, May, and Martin. What's the most important player that needs to come to Essendon? All right, so Scotty. I'm still thinking about it. Okay. Uh, okay. You, you got it? Uh, I think I've got it. Okay, cool. I'm... Alrighty. One. So, Shield, Scully, Settlerfield, Gaff, May, and Martin. Three, two, one, say the name. Shield. Steinberg. <laughs> what? <sighs> did you just say Dylan? How did you not say Ariel Steinberg? Errol Steinberg should be back at this club before Dylan Shield. But look, for the purpose of this exercise, fine. I was going to say Shield as well. Yes. <laughs> um, why? Dylan... Why? Oh, why? Listen, come on now. Um, Dylan Shield. Like, he's the he's the inside mid that we need. He's the grunt that we need. Um, what do you think are our chances of getting him, honestly? Well, I'm not sure if he's the total grunt. He's, he's a fast boy, but... Um... Look, it's very hard. Like, I actually went back and forth because if someone said Gaff's available, and I think I don't say Gaff because I'm just not sure if it's realistic that he's available. Okay, so if we did But the, he's if, a very, very talented boy. If we did the same sort of name again at the same time, would it be like getting any of them we're talking about here? Look, right? I, I see, I have on par Sheil and Gaff, right? And then on potential... Steinberg. Setterfield no. is like... I thought when he was a junior that he was... Uh, in the top two or three. And yeah. he came third pick, so yep. that's probably that's, right. Yeah. Um, but he is a clearance over the ball machine, Beast. a bit like Crips from Carlton, which is, if you said, what kind of player would you like to have at the club? Setterfield matches that. Now, he hasn't proven himself yet, so it's hard yeah, to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's all banked on sort of promise. Potential. Yeah. So, Shield, though he had a, a bit of an off year, I still think he's a gun. Uh, only just turned 26 or turning 26 soon. So in, in his prime. You I, said something to me a while back. You, go, you said, look, do we need players for the now or do we need the players for three years from now when we're going for a premiership? Like uh, Shield or Gaff means... We're going now. We're going now. We yeah. want a premiership in and the And that's how I years. feel like where we're at. I generally do. I think we should. Yeah. Like, I watched today, and this is going to sound really arrogant, 
we could beat the Eagles on grand final day. Yes, I agree. We've got enough talented players right to do it. in the form that we were at. Huh. And when we beat them over in Perth. Yeah. So, now they've obviously hit a hot spot, and I thought Collingwood sort of tightened up a bit. I, I do think Collingwood and Richmond were a touch above us, um, but they just didn't... They just didn't win. They didn't win, bad luck, yeah. <laughs> but you can see, okay, the grand final team of 2018, I think we're on par with, or at least, or I could really match them. And the, the so we're not know, far away. The, the people that know at Essendon would be would be picking up on that too. Like, there wasn't... I think Essendon players underneath would go to watch that grand final going, do you know what? We're not that far off yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly right. So a shield and coming in would, would be a very, very good team. And you're... You're picking up a 65 goal forward. There you go. Who didn't play basically this yep. year. So your talent on the field is enormous. It's huge. Yeah. And and giving Langford another year of having a fit Francis. Parish, yep. And I, you know, people who know me believe very heavily in the talent of Jordan Ridley. Yep. And I think another three, four kilos. Him, I know Gleason's put on a lot of muscle. Yeah, Gleason's coming back. Don't forget him. So the talent is pretty crazy. Uh, so it's always for me. We we're one, possibly two, quality midfielders, and I'm talking about say when you have four on the bench. A lot of times now they're pretty much midfielders. Yeah. It's a rotation. Yeah. So I say there's eight or nine or eight to ten midfielders in a team. Collingwood has eight to ten quality midfielders. Yeah. I would say we have five to six. And so if you like, if for some reason a shield and you got Gaff as an un- unrestricted free agent. <laughs> Lord. Oh, my goodness. Like, I would then be talking us but, up. Uh, is there any chance, right? Any chance whatsoever? And I mean, if you had said, oh, we're going to get Sard, Smith, and String in uh, last year, you'd go too many. Maybe you get one, yeah. maximum two, but you couldn't get all three, right? Could we get Shield and Settlerfield? I think we could. Um, it, it it's, it's so tricky because I swear I always feel like I just have this gut feeling, and I, there's nothing to corroborate it, but <laughs> I have this gut feeling there's a name we don't know of. And and I just... The, well, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the door is involved. The club is so quiet at the moment, and to, to back that up, like we've asked the club, who've been really helpful this year, at yep. any time, you want a guest? Yeah, we can help you out. Yep. Uh, they pretty much said... No. At this trade, in this trade period, we're shutting up shop. Yeah. And uh, and even then, I was like, "All right, something is seriously yeah." Up. Every but every year, and that's the thing. I mean, if we if we're into, we will have been into Shield, absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, we've met with him. Everybody knows we've met with him, right? But like, the interesting one is Martin, because yeah. Martin is on pure talent. Isn't a isn't a fantastic footballer. Everybody has said that about him. Yeah, and uh, and a Juno had made a note to me. That Martin, um, by his understanding, uh, was not a fan of their development program yeah. at Gold Coast. And if you know Martin as a talent, as a 17-year-old, and where he is now is, what, 23, 22. Yeah, that's, that's not okay. He's nowhere near the potential. Yeah. Um, and a little bit that's on the player as well, too. But he obviously feels like... They're not developing well at the Gold Coast Suns, and and I think that's you can kind of see that Lynch, May, Martin, yeah. everybody. Yeah, so he's an interesting one to watch because he's the kind of guy likes. I feel like Sad, like Sad in the Gold Coast was like he was an okay play guy. Yeah. He, he does a few exciting things. I thought his game completely changed at Essen. He was a lot more professional. Um, his defensive actions were a lot better. So it wasn't just a run. He was stopping his opponents. He was doing all the little one percenters really well. Yep. And he had total buy-in. And that's where you go, the Jack Martin is a bit of a tease. You know, if he goes to, and I know that sounds really arrogant, but if he goes to a more professional, old, professional sort of environment, yep. training facilities, everything like that, um, where you have Luke Ball and a few other guys now in the developing um does he go to a level that we've actually never seen yet? And it, with that kind of class, I, I've i always felt like if Essendon had a weakness, it was probably just a touch of class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we I miss f- a Burgoyne or we miss yeah, somebody like yeah. that. Like a, And he has got it in spades. Poise, class. Yeah, so skill. I'm right into that if it's a possibility. Now they're going to ask for... 
and this Pick is the thing, and right? So let's yeah. let's get into the machinations of okay, Gaff, Settlerfield, Scully, Shield, and Steinberg. But if we if we were to say <laughs> if we were to You're say keep going with that, aren't you? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, if we were to say Shield, right? If Shield's our number one, if we want to go after him, yep. what does GWS want from us for Dylan Shield? Look, I don't think it's two first rounders, even though they're going to ask for it. Um, I, I think, agree. Pick eight is high enough. Look, that you get one. First I mean, there's rounder. so many rumors going around, and I don't like talking in rumors. But there's there's a strong vibe that Judo West have have asked about Hartley, and then you go if that is the case, and I understand why they might because Hartley's mum is in Sydney, yep. so there's a he's just had a baby, may want security, so. I can see the angle yep. of why that might be a rumour. But that's when you go, well, is it a pick eight player and a second round? Yeah. And that's... That if, to me is like pretty fair. And we don't want to see any player leave Essendon, especially one that's done as much for Essendon as... Oh, I as, love Hearts. And as I'm, Hearts, man. And I'm be honest, I'm a player sponsor, so I'm not saying it, but that's the reality of professional football. And that's football. it. Reality yeah. of professional he, football. He, he, it might not be out of our hands because he knows Francis and Ridley and Zerk Thatcher's coming through. Yeah. So... It's, there's going to be players like D and and Hartley Ridley and if we get Steinberg, who might back. be proactive, yeah. So in, in getting their own security, yeah. And and this is the thing. I mean, if it, if it works out to be a first round pick and Hartley, then do it in a heartbeat. If it's a per- first round pick, Hartley, and a second round, I'd still give that I'd very still do serious it. consideration because you you still get an A grader. And I always find A graders are so hard to come by. Yeah. Uh, so if you can get your hands on one and you don't lose too much. Now, if it was Settlerfield, that we were going after. It's interesting because they're going to ask for pick eight because yeah, exactly he was pick right. three. Yeah. But Dodoro will go will definitely go back and say but, an ACL is an ACL. Like it's, but the thing is that we don't have a pick because yeah. they're not going to accept our second rounder for him. Yeah. So we, we can't get that deal done. It's a very hard one to get done unless they want a certain player of yeah. some value and pick 30. But... Uh, but it's an unlikely. Uh, they'll be hesitant to. Uh, but he has done his knee. So I still feel like you, you instantly lose currency when you've done a knee yeah, at, I agree. at that age. And it's because it's a risk for Essendon as well. Because what if he's one of those guys that does his knee straight again? Mate, get Doc Reed. Yeah. Get him on it. Find him. Find out whether or not how bad it <laughs> yeah. is. All I know is Dodoro loves the kid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, So the other one, as I was driving over to your place to watch the... Um, the Collingwood losing grand final. <laughs> yep. Um, was um, uh, Mulder's old mate Scully? Scully. He's an interesting one because he's he obviously pick two. Or he one? was pick one. Yeah, he's yeah. Pick one. Like this year, he had his ankle injury and and he's been out most most of the year. So so he's obviously not had the year he wanted. I thought last year he was a running machine. He has been for his entire yeah, career yeah. a running machine. Yeah, but he was getting the ball and running machine. Like he was, I thought last year he was actually in their top two of midfielders. Uh, he was really good. Uh, if he can get, if I thought he could get to that level, I'd be very interested. Because, yeah, so would I. Because those guys who just run that hard. He's uh, got a wicked left boot too. Yeah, he's a good player. Like he's a really good player. Yeah. He's turned himself. From that first three, four years when there was a lot of knocks on him. How old is he? I would suggest he's about 26. 26, yeah. 26, yeah. So he's, he should be in his prime still. Uh, look, I mean, there's some guy who tweeted that he spoke to Mark Harvey and Mark Harvey said to him that they're right into Scully and Martin as the trade. Ooh. He said at a function. Now, whether that's true or not, you know. Harvey's going to tell you anything, right? But I, I'd be very surprised. But, yeah. uh, but, but it depends how many beers Harvey's has had. <laughs> I did that good job. We're casting dispersions on Harvey's. We love you, mate. You're our second highest ever podcast. We love you. <laughs> but uh, it, it's all interesting. There's, it, it, Actually, I, now that you say that, I don't mind Scully and Martin as a... It's an, an interesting option. combo, yeah. It's an interesting yeah. combo. So, like, uh, we get the the freakish talent in Martin, who yeah. I remember people saying along the same sort of lines as Jaeger Amira in that once in a generation kind of football, like real serious. Oh, talented. when he was sixteen, everyone was going nuts about going him. ballistic yeah. about the kid, I mean, he was... and you can't say that he's progressed at Gold Coast, and half no. of that has got to be the club. So, if you got him, oh baby, yeah. gives us the class around the ball, and then 
He gets Scully who gives yeah. us that extra minute. And he doesn't him. have the pressure, too, of starring. No, he doesn't have he's to. got Denahar and Merritt and Heppel, and Absolutely. suddenly he's the... He just becomes part the of the... He's the 15th player, kind that's of thing. He becomes know. part of the midfield rotation. Yeah. He doesn't have to star. So, that's kind of the trade talk. It was interesting. We had a conversation just before the grand final, just to close off the podcast. And, look, if you've got suggestions out there... Right into our uh, our Twitter page or our podcast. Yep. But I, I actually threw a curly one out to Grant and said, forget form, forget forget how they're performing. Yep. Who on just talent... Pure talent. ...is the most talented player at Essendon. So think of like Dean Rioli back in the day where you go, he never gets best on ground, doesn't get the ball much, but on just his talent was immense. Yep. Who is the most talented pure footballer at Essendon. Yeah. What did you think again? And we, we both looked at each other and went, Joey Danaher? And then we kind of reneged on it. And then we went... Because <laughs> we thought, his uh, kicking is his not... Kicking ain't real special. Pure ta- um, yeah, it's not... We're talking just does everything. Just, like, when everything goes right, there's not much he can't do. Yeah. And like, then we actually mentioned Stringer as a as a possibility. And yeah, we thought Orazio for a minute. We yeah. thought just on pure freakish ability, Orazio. And it, then we kind of thought Zachy Merritt... But then, I mean, it's got to be the cream. It's got to be the two litres of. Yeah. And Jakey Stringer, on his day, can kick him left foot. He can kick him right foot. He can kick yeah. him across his body. He's quick. He can mark. He's tough. Yeah. He's an all-round footballer. Just, and like you said, he might only get 16 possessions in a game. But someone like um, Cyril... Just on pure freakish talent. Yeah, just on talent. Yeah. So yeah, we'd be interesting to you can hear change what you guys games think. with ten possessions, and Stringer has that ability. Exactly correct. We've seen some Stringer games where we're going, "Geez, he was good today." And we saw he had twelve kicks. Twelve kicks. Yeah. And we go, "Oh." So it'd be interesting to hear from you guys. Tell us what you think is the yeah. um, is the most just on pure talent, not on what they did last year or what they did the year before that, or what you think they're going to do next year, but just on pure talent. Shoot it to the lunchtime catch up podcast um, Facebook page. Shoot it to our Twitter. Um, at lunch at lunch catch up at lunch catch up on yeah, Twitter yeah, by the way lunch catch up we can't get the lunch time and look there. for you guys uh, we're thinking of possibly in the future releasing the podcast one day early for subscribers so so they get an exclusive um, if you subscribe to our channels yep. on SoundCloud and um, iTunes yep so we'd love you to subscribe to iTunes and SoundCloud, our channel. All you have to do is touch in the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast in Google as the two channels at the very two top of the come up the searches. So, yep. so subscribe and on a, on a few occasions, we're going to we're gonna sneakily put the podcast in a day earlier so the, the people who subscribe can get it early. And, yep. and look, we've actually got a bit of merchandise as yeah, well. Actually, now then, uh, uh, during next year, we're going to be uh, we're gonna be doing some quizzes, doing some, uh, yep. some questions and stuff because we've... Uh, We've got ourselves some merch. Um, we've got Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast t-shirts currently. We're going to see how they go, see how you guys like them, um, and we might expand our merch uh, catalogue. But, um, yeah, we're going to be asking you guys to uh, to give us some feedback. Get uh, get in touch with us on the Lunchtime Catch-Up, um, and you can win some great, great prizes. And we do have ladies' shirts for the ladies. We have that for the ladies, yes. We have ladies' shirts, absolutely. They, so, uh, well, yeah, we'll do some prize winners. And, and Currently um, being modelled by our lovely wives as we speak. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, we've got some cool merch and stuff that you guys will be able to check out next year, and you can rep the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast on Cash Fridays at work. So... Thanks, everyone. We're just coming up to the hour, which is a pretty decent podcast. Yep. We're uh, all off to get some wood-fire pizza up we're the We're going to get some pizza. We're, we're, we're in the glow of... of, of Collingwood West losing. Coast. No, it's, it's Collingwood losing is what it is. We're in the glow of not having Collingwood on the same amount of premierships as Essendon. Yeah. Um, and I, I've i now got two, maybe three guys I need to just tee off on for yep. the Collingwood supporters. But what you can guarantee right now, and every, every everyone knows this is every journalist has suddenly talking to every player manager. It is trade season. Oh, now it is, baby. Now, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. now it's on. Yeah. So, uh, look, if something big comes up, we'll, we'll put a podcast in. Uh, we'll sort of sort of see how we go, how the trade period's going to sort of when we do a podcast. Yep. But um, we'll, we'll, we won't be strangers. 
Uh, thanks so much for the time. Thank you again for Robert Shaw. Yep, thank you, Robert. Really, really appreciate. We just had some so many good guests in 2018. And thanks everybody for um for listening and um and uh, yeah. and tuning in on SoundCloud and iTunes. It's been outstanding. Um, the Rob, sorry, the Rob, the um the Mark Harvey uh, podcast is now our second most popular podcast. Um, and yeah. we're we're getting some great numbers every month, guys. We really appreciate you guys listening. Thanks again, guys, and. Let's go to an exciting trade period. Go Bombers. Go Bombers.